0: it's the sod pod brought to you by grassland agro the sod pod hello hello and welcome to episode 15 of the sod pod this is part two of our professional workplace students today we're joined by three more people we've got sean o'sullivan James Downey and Edmund Casey, all three from Cork, and all three doing the same course, Agricultural Science, and that's coordinated by Professor Frank Buckley. Sean O'Sullivan, tell me about yourself. So I'm from
1: Aja in County Cork, and I'm studying Ag Science in UCC. In third year now, so going to fourth year in September, so we're on placement now since Christmas. We did... Just over four months placement on a dairy farm, and then straight into industry placement with Grassland Agro.
2: You from a dairy farm, Sean, or?
1: Uh, yeah, from a dairy dairy farm background in Ahapulog, so it will be kind of mid cork Yeah. And um, the reason I went to UCC is it was a new course in 2019 when we started. So myself and the two lads are the first hopeful graduates. Anyway. Not a bad idea. So it was in UCC, and we kind of joined in with Chagas Park and Chagas Clanakilty as well. And uh,
0: James, James Downey, talk to me.
3: Yeah, uh, I'm the same as Sean, going to uh, UCC doing agricultural science yeah. uh, the first year of the course. Um, I'm from Macroom, County Cork, down the banks of the River Lee. I went to a college and decided to do agricultural science. I was half thinking of going to ward for the Tralee first. Okay. But when the UC course came up I decided to put that down. Didn't think I was going to get it. I was delighted when I got it. Just for the, the convenience more, more or less than anything. Sure, I'm commuting out of Cock every day which is very handy. You can make the cows there in the evening. We're making cows at home making about 120. Lovely, yeah. Uh, British region, Norwegian, right crosses. Um, very dry soils for Shaked at the moment. feeling so there for four weeks. Yes, yeah. Zero grazing, second cuts and stuff, and for sure can't have it everywhere. Uh, really enjoying the course, learning a lot of both farming, learning a lot about the science of farming. There's a lot more to farming than you think about it. Yes, yeah. Um, there's a big future there, I think, but a, a long road ahead to get to get things to where we are. We've been on, as Sean was saying, we've been on placements. Uh, we've been on farm placement since February we're on farm placement for 18 weeks so I was placement, um, on placement on a big dairy farm not too far away from me so that was very interesting did a lot, learnt a lot about grass learnt, got to see a good bit of a different system a low cost system with Jersey Crosses it's good to see something different and good to compare with at home as well then we came to grass and agro. so we're on our 10th week now two weeks left Really enjoying it. Really seeing a different side to things, other than farming every single day. Um, learning lots, meeting lots of people, and gaining a lot of people's skills as well. I mean, between ringing farmers and everything, and meeting
0: farmers every day. Yeah, which job was great for learning. And by last, but no means least, we've Edmund
4: Casey. Ed, how are you going? I'm doing great, lads, and yourselves. Great. Yeah, um, my name is Ed Casey. I'm from Royston in Cork City. Um, we're farming there actually inside in the city of bones. We've about 110 Friesian Holstein cows. We Would have had a bit of tillage and a bit of beef in the past. We've been kind of focusing more on the dairy recently. I'm also a beekeeper. Same as the two lads. I joined UCC there in 2019 as an undergrad. We're in our third year of study. Just finished our farm placement, I suppose, with about two and a half months. Now I'm delighted to be with Grassland. That's starting to come to an end. And I'm looking back on the experiences we've had and really, really, you know, looking at how we enjoyed it. Ed, go back there on beekeeping. I didn't see that coming. Carry on there on that. My mother's father, uh, my granddad, he was a beekeeper, I suppose, since the 1950s. And when he started to get a bit older, I decided I'd take it up as well. So I started during the COVID, actually, and I kind of taught myself as much as I could off the internet first. And then I got involved with the Cork County Beekeepers Association. Mm -hmm. They teach a lot of classes and courses. And since then, I've had between five and ten beehives on the go you know the nature of bees is that sometimes you'll have more sometimes you'll have less they die like nothing else you could look one way and the poor fellas are 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 goosed like so there's a lot of management in them but it's just kind of a hobby of mine and i've always had a very big interest in biodiversity i've been involved in birdwatch ireland on and off and it's something that i think having the bees really helps you tie farming in with nature and i think that's great
2: that's brilliant i have a, a brainwave right just thinking cows produce milk then you have bees produce honey honeycomb ice cream
0: oh i love ice cream i'd be more of a mint choc man but honeycomb ice cream
2: yeah you have something i'd be fond of the honeycomb so i would i think it's really interesting you know because i i would have came across a few of my customers in the past were would have given me a couple of jars of of honey and talked me through the process and just explain like you know obviously we know that bees produce honey but like you know how do we get it from the hive, or whatever you call it, to the jar, to on top of the porridge.
4: So yeah, I suppose the first thing to remember is that there's a lot more bees in the hive than you think. So there can be anywhere from ten thousand to fifty thousand in one hive, and there's one queen. She lays all the eggs. The workers then their job is when they're young, they look after the baby bees and the eggs, and when they get older, they leave the hive in search for nectar and pollen. So you'll always see flowers in the countryside, and you might ignore them. Do you know? But when you're a dairy farmer and you're constantly involved with nature, you tend to notice these things. You tend to notice when things are flowering, like blackberries, you know. And when you've bees, you become aware of what nectar is good, Mm -hmm. what pollen is good for bees. So the bees will go out, they'll collect their pollen, their nectar, they'll bring it back to the hive, they'll then pass the nectar from one to the other, literally mouth to mouth, and dry it out, add enzymes to it, and then they put it inside in those little honeycomb cells, the hexagons that you see so commonly on cartoons and pictures for children, they're put into those and the bee will sit on top of that, she'll beat her wings very very quickly in the attempt of um, actually dehydrating that nectar and turning it into honey and she'll stick a cap of wax on top of that cell then and she'll leave it there for a couple of weeks or months or whatever until it's mature and then during the winter in the natural process of things that'll be opened and she'll use that but in beekeeping our aim I suppose is when we're coming into winter you can look at your beehive and say right they've plenty of honey I can afford to take a bit off so you'll take a frame out which is a literal timber square yeah. with the whole comb inside in it you'll take that out and you'll get a knife scrape off the cap and put it into a centrifuge and You'll spin it out and you'll have your honey out of it. So, I only at home I just use it for myself, but there are plenty of people making a great living out of this. Yes,
2: yeah, yeah, brilliant. Fair That's and really just looking
4: there,
0: James Downey. You're, you're nodding your head away as if you have some sort of knowledge of bees there, or are you just nodding?
3: Well, my grandmother used to have them years ago, just, yeah. um, well, up until 10 years ago, was I used to remember them around home when I was younger. Uh, my uncle actually. Has is organic farming and he's selling organic honey off his land. Mm. There's a beekeeper comes in and sells the honey off his land, so yeah, not. I have a bit of tell that.
2: Tell me this, lads: if you're going in to try and take out the honey or work with the bees, like what stops them from. Attacking you like. Well, uh, apart from yeah. apart from the white coat that you use or whatever, like
4: yeah, you'd be surprised to hand you that white coat, Sean, when you've uh, when you've been distressed. There's a bead of sweat coming out of your forehead when there's a, a fifty or sixty bees at your face. Shut but um, well, you have a smoker. It's like a, a canister, a steel canister, and you put in straw or timber or grass into it, and you burn it away. And the smoke will actually kind of mess the bees up and their ability to communicate with each other. no they, they get over it fine. Yeah, but yeah. They communicate with each other with pheromones, and when you put the smoke in it's more or less like, like putting the, the blinders on they can't see each other they can't talk to each other okay. and that allows you to go in and manipulate them without any issues
2: Brilliant Fair play and Sean or James any other hobbies or anything interesting going on in your in your, in your past times I think uh, Sean you were saying that you, you have a pair of running boots there that gets an odd uh, day out now and again
1: uh, Yeah they used to get a lot more days out but no I do a bit of cross country running every now and then yeah. but um. The social life kinda of took over a bit, so the running days are nearly and behind. I don't me. Don't know. <laughs> but uh er no, it's just nice to get out and kind of clear the head and stuff, go for a bit of a run and Yeah, so it'd be kind of six or seven K but it's kinda of true muck and yeah. gutter and rice. Right, it's, it's in the wintertime as well, so the right difficult conditions and just, you'd often run in snow and rain and Yeah, It's just tough going, alright, like it's not for the faint hearted but No, just you'd feel great when once it's over. Once the legs eventually stop hurting.
2: <laughs> and just, just lads, you are all in UCC, and it's a, it's a new course. Um, you, you are the first. Uh, you, you will be the first graduates. The, the connection between UCC and the, and the, the research centres that you said how much practical experience is involved in the course? Because, like, I suppose you mentioned Park there and Clannacilty, like, you know, two fabulous research oh, yeah, centres yeah. that farmers are relying uh, on a lot of the research coming out there. How much interaction do you have with them and what's your what, what's your thoughts on, on them too? Uh, w-
3: well, in first year, we did a good share with Um, Second year, obviously, because of COVID, we couldn't do any. Um, and third year then, we had another good bit with Clannagilty and the first semester third year obviously on placing for the second semester um, we did we had a day in Moorpark then it was at every Thursday um, Thursday and Friday was this yeah um, and next year now for a final year we will be in Moorpark for all of it so we'll be seeing a lot of the practical size it's, yeah. it's, it's very very helpful being down there you know is. It's hard to learn about agriculture inside in a college, inside in the middle of the city, like, do you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. know it's good to be out? You get out with your is. hands on yeah, see yeah, happening. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot to learn that way as well.
2: And, and probably up until now, I think it's fair to say for all three of you that you've been in the lecture halls and you're on your own farm as well. But I suppose the opportunity with grassland sort of enabled you to get out to maybe visit more farms than you might have uh, you might have thought maybe wasn't wasn't possible it. how many farms have you you do you reckon you've been on or what have you took from your experience so far these are 10 weeks in like what is the main takeaway messages um, well personally no
3: I have sure we are doing silage sampling and now we're doing the salvitas and the grass vessels. sure I presume we probably did about 50 silage samples Well, wow. roughly I've currently up to date there now we're counting them we have 170 salvitas and grass vessels done mm. So they're all single farms Well There might have been that farm Might have done two on Yeah yeah But um, And I could I've done over six counties Like uh, Kerry Cork Leech Or Limerick uh, Wexford Kilkenny Tipperary Clare yeah. Like It's Like tis, It's a very good opportunity Even just to get out And see all see the difference so much Yeah It's amazing Like even going out Doing the grass fest there Digging the hole Like Jesus There's some difference In soil structure Like <laughs> like, this, is, this is amazing
2: Ed what, what, if, what do you make of the experience so far and what's is is there one particular farm that stood out to you whether it was a silage or a scenario or yield or, or a sort of a structural quality or the roots getting down through the soil was right anything that stood out to you
4: well I suppose what's really standing out to me Dad, is the level of good farmers there in this country you'd really see it when you're on the road that you know there are so many farms out there really making a great go of it you go out, you get your spade out and you dig the soil and you're seeing a wide variety of structures and like farmers will often send you to a bad field, they send you to a good field to compare the two and you'll really see the difference that soil structure can make to the production going on in those farms and like the experience we've gotten I suppose going around, visiting farmers, seeing what they're at, that's invaluable. Like I've seen fellas with red clover silage, I've seen fellas with all sorts of things yeah. that are coming out new that are really going well. And there are things that I feel I can apply at home or things that I can talk about now to other farmers. And, you know, it's a great way of networking with other farmers, seeing what's going on and bringing that home to other people.
2: And Sean, say a lot, a lot of the work that we do is is advisory and you wouldn't think it. You know, we're obviously yeah, yeah. selling products, but I'm sure you've all come across a situation where maybe you're out with an ATC or you are out on a lot of farms on your own has a farmer ever asked you for advice or now whenever you've done the grass fests and you know a bit about the three pillars of soil health would you be happy enough to advise farmers or maybe putting a plan in place for to fix an issue on their farms?
1: Yeah, well like the lads were saying we covered a huge amount of areas and like you're going into farms some farmers might be milking 40 cows the next farm you go to they could be milking 400 cows mm-hmm. but at the end of the day like they're all... They all need this like they all need to grow their grass and they need to feed their cows and it all goes back to the soil biology, like and you're trying to work out the best way to get the most out of the soil without having to put in too much artificial fertiliser and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and that's um, the way
2: policy's going and that's
1: Yeah, it I, is like say which like with your government policies, like there is there is cuts coming and there is going to be more and more restrictions and it's getting harder to grow the same amount of grass. So, like, with the sustainability program and the Salvitas, it's trying to... You're testing your soil for your bacteria and your carbon and your nitrogen, and it's trying to get the most out of the soil to use what's in the soil for your for your own advantage, really, to grow the grass, to feed the cows. So, yeah, but as James was saying, like, it would be, we were in Cork, Kerry... Tip, Watford, yeah, yeah. Wexford, Limerick, the whole shebang now, so.
3: And another point there, I was going to say, like, a lot of the voice at the moment, like what our, even grassland are doing now, is really point out the issue, like, uh, you can't give a blanket of advice to this country. No, no. Can't. Like, at home, we're farming now in the banks of Lee, we've about six inches of topsoil, rock underneath, mm-hmm. varies. Ten minutes up the road, up in Bannanigree, like, you're big deep soil black soil mm-hmm. like growing loads of grass this time of the year now like come 10 minutes on the road in, we've nothing burnt yeah, yeah. like you can't compare like to like um same with like sure in the winter we could have cows out in February they mightn't have cows out until uh, well after Patrick's Day like you just like a voice needs to be personal and every farmer knows their own soil better than anyone else and it's just it's a big thing like you farmers do get very worked up on thinking, oh, the lad minutes on, oh, there has his cows out, and I can't. And like, I think it's a big thing that farmers need to be given separate advice for their yeah, own yeah. soil type and everything.
2: Yeah, because sometimes farmers would say, do you know, to say to consider themselves a bad farmer if Jimmy up the road has the cows out. But as you says, ten minutes we get into a car, ten minutes up the road is completely different soil type, like so mm-hmm. different management practice.
1: You needn't even go ten minutes. Like even on the one farm, one side of the farm. There's, like there, there could be three or four different types of soils on yes. the one farm like you might have a heavy patch or you might have a right rocky part or a high part that's mm-hmm. colder and like the day of going out spreading blanket spreading the same fertiliser across the whole farm when it's not needed is gone like it's, yeah, yeah. so say like with the like of so your fertiliser plan you're giving each farmer individual advice on just his farm like so and just his paddock just his paddock really yeah, yeah so like you're, there's no more going out spreading your bag or bag in half, blanket spreading the whole farm, whereas now you kind of have to
2: prescribe kind of, prescribe a product. Yeah, literally, yeah, yeah. So you kind of have, have
1: to like dig deep into the the science of it and get it right for that type of soil.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, so we go back; we'd be big advocates of the soil sampling and that gives you that guide of, of what's in the ground, what could be needed. And it's like that, two paddocks beside each other, we're getting different numbers, different prescriptions. Lovely, here we go. But then where the grass vest comes in, you're getting in others. You could have a, a high P, but there's something working, not working here, and it's locked up, and that's where the grass vest can help in that, and just looking at that side of structure and all. It's not just that blanket solution across the board, across the farm, across the country. You know, uh, Edmund, if you were in front of... A gang of six years there now, and they're thinking of stepping into the world of agricultural courses. What would you say to them today about Ag Science Below in UCC, and and what recommendations would you give them, and why should they take that course?
4: Well, look, I'd say that Cork has had a very long history with ag and especially with dairy. So I suppose Cork, we have to claim it as the capital of dairy, lads, I'm afraid. We'd have to take that. from <laughs> you. Know, we the real awesome capital. Well. The real capital and definitely the capital of dairy and even, I would argue, of, of beef and tillage in parts. So I think, look, UCC is definitely in a strong position to be able to discuss mm-hmm. ag and dairy. And it also has a history of great research when it comes to looking at the environment and looking at the future of farming. So with us coming into the course we went into, we've been given a great opportunity to see, I suppose, where the industry is going. It's a very future-thinking course and a future-looking course. So, look, if I was in sixth class at, or in in secondary school, I definitely would consider taking this course again myself. Mm-hmm. You know, looking back, I've definitely picked up an awful lot from the course that I think maybe other courses mightn't have. Yeah, and boys, would you like to add anything onto that there as well?
1: So, like, as... So we started until 2019 and um, so we were there until kind of March of 2020 and then COVID kicked in. So
0: like we missed out on an awful lot of the practical sides and the the college life really. But It would have been really tough actually at those times when COVID kicked in and we thought that three or four weeks when we look back now and, and for ye going in as first years, you know, a new course, a new, new challenge for ye leaving the, the world of secondary school. How did you cope with that? Actually, did you find it tough because you weren't getting the hands-on with people? And what did you do to overcome that?
3: I think it wasn't too bad for us as okay. we were there. We most we the first half of the year we oh, knew each point, other. Yeah. We we were a small course. It was there twenty or four five of us mm-hmm. in the course? Sure, we all knew each other. We were down in Clonnet at the time of COVID, so we we're all traveling up and down together. Yeah, I think it would have been a lot harder for the year behind us. Okay, because they were coming yeah, yeah. straight into online. Never met each other but yeah no i think we weren't too bad but it was motivation was the hardest thing in second year to keep ahead like yes you know. yeah, yeah. got not sit at the computer every, every day then. Tough. So, tough yeah there's off. only
1: so much zoom
3: meetings
0: and, and stuff you can that do like you're <laughs> used to going and pulling and dragging and being hands-on as well on top of it you know and then sitting into the world of the office can be a or you'd like to be out and free and within the role then that w- that we had you doing talk about that within Grassland Agro so some of the stuff that we had you doing what what did you enjoy about it uh, what did you learn
4: going around looking at all of these farms well I suppose we started doing the silage sampling and we more or less went around to different farmers with our quadrat and with our weighing you know our, our weighing the tonnage we looked at nitrates we looked at sugars and for me you know it gave me the eye and it trained me into what's a good silage crop versus a bad one because it's actually hard to tell just looking at a crop what's there you really have to get out on your knees and get out with your clippers and mm-hmm. weigh it and see what's there and I really picked that up and I've kind of been applying that now to my own farm you know I'm, I'm cutting and weighing when I'm grass measuring looking at all that kind of thing and I've met a lot of other farmers who think that that's the best way to do it yeah. cut and weigh get out there and you have to get out there and look at the grass look at the soil as the lads were saying you have to really be involved in each field in your farm
3: another big thing not relating to agriculture all, at all is yeah. pe- person people skills like geez, I'd hardly talked to Chinese takeaway in the phone before like yeah, yeah and yeah. like sure we're going out ringing eight nine farmers a day and like you know farmers now some of them are sound out and some of them aren't and you know you have to deal with that like you know to the real this is really we're really being put out there arriving into the lads yards you know dealing with lads dealing with yeah. every kind of people different parts of the country and everything I think it's just, we really gained a lot of people skills and yeah. especially dealing with everyone in the company as well, replying to emails, filling out forms, and having to be reliable as well. Yes, you know, yeah. with no one, like in college, you can like, you're, I'll get that off someone there in the morning, but you can't do that here, like, you know.
0: would have done that in college. But no, no, no. Other <laughs> that other, like, you might know, yeah. Yeah, I'd be asking you for the stuff, obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: But uh, uh, the job entails a lot of relationship building, like you said, you know what I mean? You have to be able to go. You obviously have an understanding of how a farm works, uh, what motivates the farmer? Because you are all uh, from a farming background yourselves, but I think it's a great experience for you. Ye coming out, you've obviously been talking to people like-minded like yourselves, young students, farmers, sons and daughters. That y- you know, in a lot of cases, you haven't maybe full control of the farm yet, but you're you're getting the experience. You're talking to people who's controlling businesses. You've been on a hundred plus farms and picking up small snippets that potentially you can take back and the silage measuring is a key one because we often use or have used in the past generic advice that you know it was a 5 ton crop that we were growing across the board but you know we could have one crop that was an 8 ton or 9 mm-hmm. ton one was a 6 ton there's a 3 ton difference there, why is there a difference we go out we look, we dig aside we look underneath and we try and problem solve that's what we're doing
1: The biggest thing I found on the road is don't tell a lad what time you're going to be to him because like you could go into one yard and you might spend 10 minutes in the air do this, the grass vest in your Salvita and out the yeah. gap the next place you go into then you could be there or oh, you could be there an hour and a half like I went to a place the there this week and I landed on and I was brought in for the breakfast and all so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I spent about two hours there trying yeah. to and sh- like farmers are more interested now say than they were five or six years ago in the science side of things and to just they're really interested and like it's the way forward like it's just part of farming now, it's the new way of farming. So, like, John yeah. and did tell
2: me that you're a good man for the spud, Sean, but well, you're, yeah. you're obviously a good man for the breakfasts. Any well.
1: bit of grub yeah, I get kind of cranky
3: once I get hungry. So, <laughs> I suppose another thing with agriculture is a kind of it's a very different sector than anywhere, anyone else, really. Like, a lot of farmers are alone you know, on the farm every day and you know, seeing people you now, you kind of have to sell yourself before you come into the yard. Do you know that you're like you have to be at one with the farmer do you know if you start talking about the weather or how cows are going or whatever mm-hmm. it really helps you come in touch with the farmer like you can't just land into the yard and be like oh i'm going down there doing a salvita like you know yeah you yeah, have yeah. to you have to be at one with the farmers i so like you know and that we have gained a lot
0: of skills in that as well i think do you know uh, which is great And I, I think that's the beauty of farming is that community feel it's always been there they love telling their stories. We love to share our stories. And what's this lad at? And I might have a look at that. And what's the story of this? It's just, it's a real community feel like that. You can call it in having the breakfast and all these pieces. I just think it's such an advertisement for farming. When we look at the pressures that uh, maybe the media are putting on us uh, and stuff like that based on, on emissions and things like that, it can be quite frustrating because the simple fact is we travel the world and we see advertisements for Discover Ireland and the whole lot. And what's in the background? It isn't big city skyscrapers. It's our green fields across rural Ireland, and they're not there if we don't have farmers, and and that's why they are the custodians of our land. And another thing, I think if I took
3: an RT presenter on to me with me to every farmer we've been on, and put it on the news in the morning, there'd be a whole different eye to farming. Exactly. There's some mounted good farmers out there, and unbelievable. Like they'd always been on about pollution and all this. Like it is happening, but there's an animal cruelty, whatever. Very rarely though Yes Like the amount of farmers I've been to If you would, if that was recorded Like I've only been here 10 weeks If that was recorded And put out in the media There'd be a whole different Concept of farming So James you want to be The next presenter of Nationwide
4: Not really no.
1: <laughs> here to the ground
4: And just a second What James said there Like you'd really see Farmers are very conscientious In what mm-hmm. they do I've seen cows in great condition All summer long and like fellas might be tight of feed, but they are going to look after their cows. Yeah. They're going to look after their ground. Farmers are great in this country. They really know what they're at, and they're educated at it as well. Lads,
0: that was brilliant. It was really great to have you on. I want, I want to thank you for all the work you've done with grass and Egro. There's two more weeks to go, so we, we'll work you hard for another two weeks too. Sean O'Sullivan, James Downey, and Edmund Casey. It's been an absolute pleasure. Mind yourselves out there. Farm smart. Farm safe. Hey, thanks for listening to the Sod Pod. We hope you enjoyed it. To find out more, head over to www.grasslandagro.ie or check out our social channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. That's all for this episode. See you next time.